Hey guys, welcome back to the Gracefully Surrender podcast. I am so excited to be back on the podcast with you guys today and I'm so excited about the series that I'm going to be going to. It's called Identity Under Fire and this series is so important to me because over the last couple of weeks, I dare say a couple of months, the Lord has really been ministering to me about my identity in Christ and why it is so important that we know what our identity in Christ is. And he downloaded this message to me called Identity Under Fire and how the devil is just after our identity. He's after us. He wants us to believe that we are something that we're not. He wants us to believe that God will not provide for you. You know, you'll always be sick. You'll always be in lack and that you will never come into the fullness of the blessing of the Lord. And so this entire series is all about you knowing, you you coming into the knowledge of who you are in Christ. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. I cannot say that enough. I've literally been meditating on every scripture that I've come across that says in Christ, because I know that that means that I am in Christ. It's in Christ that I'm doing this. It's in Christ that I have this. It's in Christ that I, I am who I am. So today, this episode is titled In Christ. I wanted to get into who you are in Christ before I start telling you who you're not in Christ. I wanted to lay this foundation of who you are in Christ. And so I have an anchor scripture that we're really going to be focusing on throughout the entire series. And it's in Ephesians chapter one. Okay, so Ephesians chapter one is probably my now new favorite scripture. I'm just so excited about it. And I've read it in the Passion Translation. I've read it in the Easy Read, you know, version, the NLT, the Amplified. But the Message Translation is probably the best translation that I've seen for this specific scripture. Not saying any of the other translations aren't awesome, but they are. But the Message Translation really, really, really kind of changed my whole perspective about you know, being in him and my identity in Christ is full of scriptures that talk about in him, in him, in him. So I encourage you to take time even after this podcast episode to really go and really, really, really go into this time of just meditating and allow the word to literally clothe you as you go in and you meditate and you read in Ephesians chapter one. So I'm going to start Ephesians chapter one, verse seven, and we're going to go down to verse 12 in the message translation. It says, because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross. We are a free people, free of penalties and punishment, chalked up by our misdeeds and not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He said it all before us in Christ. A long range plan in which everything will be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in deepest heaven, everything on the planet. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ, we got our hopes up. He had his eyes on us, had designs on us for a glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working in. He's working out in everything and everyone. So I really want to zone back in on verse 11, where it says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. And I camped out on this scripture for probably about a week because I was like, oh my gosh, it's in Christ 
in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. So that tells me that there are two things that can only come from Christ. They cannot come from anywhere else in the world, from any other person, from your job, from your business, from you being a mom or you being a dad, your identity and your purpose. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. So your identity and your purpose are only found, guess what, in him. Your identity can only be found in Christ. Your identity cannot come from your lineage. It cannot come from your parents. It cannot come from your degree that you got in college. It cannot come from your business. Your identity can only be found in him. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. And, you know, we always have the opportunity to gain our identity from something else. You know, the Lord put it to me like this. Nothing that you ever experience in your life, no title that you ever have or that you'll ever come into can add or take away from your identity. Once you become a born again believer, your identity is secure in Christ and there's nothing that can ever change your identity. You getting a title or a title being taken away from you cannot give you value. It cannot give you identity. It's simply an assignment. It's simply a job that God's called you to do, but your identity and what you do is found in him, in Christ. And a lot of times, you know, I myself personally, when I was younger, I have struggled with things like, you know, taking on insecurities, taking on different identity issues because I didn't know who I was in him. When you don't know who you are in him, that's when the enemy comes to try to tell you who you are. He tries to put these labels on you and make you think that you're something that you're not. You know, how sometimes we label people by what they've done. Oh, that's the person, you know, that robbed that store. That's the girl that had that baby out of, you know, wedlock. That's the that's the boy that, that always getting into trouble. He went to jail. We label people by their behaviors or by their, you know, the things that have happened to them in their life. That's how the world identifies people. But as believers, our identity does not come from what we did. It only comes from Christ. And understand if you are listening to this right now and you are a born again believer, your old life has passed away. God has literally made all things new. Your old life does not exist anymore. So if someone comes to you trying to remind you of who you are, you say, I don't even know who that person is. That person is not who I am. That person has died. Your new life is in Christ. Your new life is with Christ and it's in God. That's in Colossians chapter three. Let's go over there for a second. This is another amazing scripture that really you know points to the to Christ being our source of identity. It points to God being our source of identity. In chapter um, Colossians chapter three, you know, um, starting at verse one, it says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. That is so good. Like it literally says you have been raised to new life with Christ, right? It says that your old life is literally dead. It does not exist anymore. Uh, Verse three says, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. So that lets me know it doesn't matter what you did prior to the cross. 
that life does not exist. You could have been on drugs. You could have been, you know, sleeping around with everyone. You could have been cussing everybody out. You could have been doing so many things that are just so terrible. But once you got born again, that old nature or that old sin life, it was taken away from you. It was, you know, literally evaporated. It died. God killed that life. And your new life is hidden with Christ in God. So now your identity is now in Christ. You are a new person. And a lot of times as believers, because we don't know our identity with Christ, we live the life of a born again believer from an old man's nature. We still are living out our sin nature and we water it down by saying, I'm just, that's just the way that I am. That's just who God created me to be. No, he didn't because in Christ, there's a clear distinction of who we are in Christ and who we are in, you know, the flesh. And in Christ, your new nature is the nature of Christ. Your new nature is in Christ. It's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's gentleness, it's patience, it's kindness, it's the fruits of the spirit. Your old life or your old nature before you were born again is lust, is evil deeds, is sexual promiscuity, is, you know, drunkenness and enviness and fear and rejection. It's all these things that have nothing to do with God. And so when you died in the spirit, when you got born again, you were resurrected. We died with Christ and you were resurrected with him. That old life was now died with Christ as well. So you now live a new life in Christ. And so from this day forward, it's time for you to really get an understanding of who you are in Christ. You are not your past. You are not a bad relationship. You are not a mistake that you made. Your life is in Christ. You are loved. You are pure. You are redeemed. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are in right standing with Christ. You are prosperous. You are the head and not the tail. You are the blessing. The blessing of the Lord, it makes you rich and God has no sorrow to it. So when something comes against you, trying to challenge your identity, you let that thing know, no, this is who I am in Christ. You so my pastor is so amazing at breaking this down, you know, the things that are in us versus the things that are coming at us. And so because my identity is in Christ, my identity is now found in Christ. Everything and all of who Christ is, is inside of me. Nothing that has to do with the enemy, nothing that has to do with my old life is in me. Everything that's in me is in Christ. I am in Christ and Christ is in me. That's inside of me. The real you is a spirit. Your spirit just lives in this body and you have a soul. Mind, will, and emotions. That's what your soul is. How you think, how you choose, and how you feel. Your emotions. Your thinker, your feeler, your chooser. Right? You're, the real you is a spirit being. You were created by God. You were literally with God before you ever came to the earth. So the real you is a spirit being. And in order for you to really function and really interact with the earth, you have to have an earth suit, which is your body. And so the real you, the spirit you should always be the most dominant part of you. But what happens as believers, because we have an unrenewed mind or a perspective on who we are in Christ or even our perspective on the love of God hasn't really come to us. We haven't really had a real revelation or experience with our identity Christ or who we are in Christ or the love of God. We allow our old way of thinking, our old way of doing, our old way of talking, our old way of existing to be the most dominant part of us. So we now live a life as a believer from, like I said before, for, from the old man's perspective. You're born again, but you're still cussing everybody out. You're born again, but you're still sleeping around. You're born again, but you're still 
doing things that you did before you're born again. And Paul talks about this. The thing that I I don't want to do, I end up doing. The thing that I do want to do, I don't do it. What is wrong with me? And so I know sometimes we have this battle between I want to do what God's calling me to do, but I just end up doing the wrong thing. And so I have a perfect story about, you know, a revelation that the Lord's given me about that. And I had the amazing opportunity to teach in children's church at, at my church about purity. And I was just seeking the Lord about what should I say? Like, you know, how do I tell them about purity? What should I say? What scripture should I, you know, really be focusing on? Or how should I be breaking it down? And the Lord ministered this to me about the heart position, the position of your heart, right? And so a lot of the times when it comes to, I'm going to use this as an example, um, sexual purity, right? Remaining pure until you're married. That's God's desire for you. It may not always happen that way, but you can always make a decision today to live that way. Why? Because you are pure. Because Christ is pure. And remember, your identity is now in Christ. So whatever Christ is, that's what you are. So because Christ is pure, you are pure. Purity is a state of being. It's who you are, right? The fruit of sexual purity is a result of you being who you are. So when you don't have your heart positioned towards God, toward the things of God, or towards pleasing God, and it's only positioned on the behavior of not having sex, most of the time people end up having sex because they're so busy trying to change behavior that their heart never changed, that their mind never changed. They were just focused on, I need to not have sex. And their mind became consumed with the thoughts of thoughts of it. And whatever you think about, you eventually lead toward that direction. And so if you change your mind and you change your mindset to now, wait a minute, I am pure. That's who I am. It's a state of being. What do pure people do? They keep their heart towards God. And when your heart is towards God and you're living for God and you, you're living to please God and you're living to do what God's called you to do, the behavior of sexual immorality will be taken care of. Because now you're living from a place of pleasing God and not living from this place of, I don't want to disappoint God. So I want to do everything I can to not have sex. I want to do everything I can to not fall into the the trap of sexual immorality. What you're doing is you're trying to live a Christian life out of works. You're trying to make this happen. You're trying to do it in your own strength. You can never do anything in your own strength. That's called doing it in willpower. If you try to do anything in willpower, it won't last long. And so the same thing is with any area of your life, when it comes to you really knowing your identity in Christ, knowing that I am pure, pure is who I am. Purity is who I am because that's who Christ is. That's who I am. So my heart is positioned toward God. My heart is positioned toward pleasing God and living a pure life, not focusing on the behaviors of sexual morality, not cussing people out, not doing any of these things. Because once I know that my life is hidden in Christ, that's where my identity is. And I'm focusing on God. I'm spending time with him. I'm doing what God's telling me to do. I'm pleasing God. I wouldn't even be thinking about those things because I'm filling myself with the identity in Christ. I'm filling myself with the word of God, which reassures my identity in Christ. So once I know that my identity is in him, I think about things that please God. I think about pleasing God. I think about hanging out with God. I think about spending time in God's word. Why? Because that's what Christ does. And that's who I am. Christ, his heart is positioned towards God. Christ, his mind is centered on God. His mind is focused on pleasing God. And so 
as Jesus is, so are we in this world. And so I no longer think about the things that dominate the thoughts of unbelievers because my identity is now hidden in Christ. I'm now thinking about how can I please God? How can I serve God? How can I do all of these amazing and wonderful things for God? Because God's done so much for me. And so think about it in this perspective. We, we've all been to this place where we wanted to stop a behavior and we tried to stop that behavior on our own, in our own strength, but it didn't work. We ended up going back to that. But once we started to shift our heart towards pleasing God, we no longer wanted to do it. Think about it. I have a you know perfect example with me. When I first got born again, I was like, I don't want to cuss anymore. I used to cuss all the time. I don't want to cuss. I don't want to be cussing people out. I don't want to be cussing. Just, I just made up cuss words for fun. And so I had made a decision, man, I'm not going to cuss anymore. So what did I try to do? I tried to do it in my own strength. And I tried to replace, every time I was thinking about cussing, I replaced it with another word that was not a cuss word. But in my mind, I really wanted to cuss, but I would just say darn or dang, you know, instead of cussing or say, man, shoot. Instead of saying, you know, the real customers that I really wanted to say, but how many, you know, like I was so focused on the cussing or not cussing. I just ended up cussing and I'm like, this too much. It's too much for me to keep up with that. It's too much for me to try to, you know, think of all these words to, you know, replace the customers that I was going to say, forget it. I'm just going to end up, I'm just going to cuss anyway. That's just who I am. That's, you know I'm saying? God knew my heart. We always try to cover up our bad behavior with God know our heart. We always try to cover up our inability to develop and mature as believers with God know my heart. You know what I'm saying? You can't judge me. Excuse me. Okay. We can no longer just be covering up our inability to develop and grow as mature believers with God know my heart. You can't judge me. That's just a cop out for an excuse for people who just want to remain the same. Right. You've been a believer for X amount of years and you still cussing people out. Right. You've been a believer for, you know, 10, five years and you're still doing the same things you did before you were born again. You don't have a revelation of who you are in Christ. You don't have a revelation of who how much God loves you and who God created you to be. And your heart is not positioned towards God, because if your heart was positioned towards God, those things that you used to do, they no longer have power over you because they're dead. And so as a believer, as a born again believer, we have to begin to take our mind and our focus off the behavior and put it onto our true identity in Christ. And when I did that, I no longer had the desire to curse. I no longer had the desire to be mean. I no longer had the desire to do the things I did before I got born again because I was so in love with God. I was so enwrapped in the word. I was so literally clothed with the word of God and the presence of God that the thought of doing those things never crossed my mind. If someone were now as at this place, I've been in a believer for 10 years. And so now I'm at this place where I've you know, matured and I continue to mature in Christ where someone can cut me off. And before you know this place that I am right now, I will try to follow them home. I will allow those emotions of anger and those emotions of fear to creep in and try to dictate what I did. They will, they will be making the decision. The fear will make the decision. The, the, the anger will make the decision. The rage will make the decision instead of, no, I am peace. Peace is who I am. It's the fruit of the spirit and the spirit of God lives in me. So it's who I am because that's who Christ is. Peace is Christ. Peace is is Christ. So peace is me. So now I make a decision to be 
peace. I make a decision to choose peace, to choose to remain at a state of rest when everything around me is saying you should be acting crazy. You should be going off. And I say, no, I'm going to remain at rest and I'm going to pray for that person. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to say, praise the Lord. Have a blessed day because that's who I am. Cussing people out. That's not who I am anymore. That life has died. We literally just read that in Colossians. Your old life is literally gone. It's passed away. You have a new life that's with Christ in God. You are now a new person. You are not the same person you were before you got born again, before the cross. You are a new person. So it's time for us to really start acting like we are in Christ. Start acting like we are in Christ. Our lives are literally hidden with Christ. And the only way we can do that is if we know, have this revelation of who we are in Christ. And the only way that you really know that is that you spend time in the word. You cannot get around spending time in the word. Most of us settle for a spiritual snack on Sundays and possibly during the week if you even go to Bible study. And then sometimes during the week when you get your spirit and the Jesus notification Nothing against the sprinkle of Jesus, but we have been trained to snack on spiritual snacks or just, you know, scriptures once or twice a week. But we never sit and we never, you know, take time to meditate on the word, to think about the word, to talk to God about the word, to allow the Holy Spirit to literally milk the word to us. I just love the word so much. I just love God so much. And I just I love spending time with God. You know, the Lord. He sometimes wakes me up at like three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, just to talk to him. And I just love it. And I just, I'm never tired in the morning. I'm always refreshed because I, I stay in the secret place with God. We have to learn how to stay in the secret place with God. When you stay in the secret place with God, when the evils of the day come to you, who you are will rise up. Who you are in Christ will rise up. And it's so important that we really spend time with the word. We spend time with God because God's always, he always wants to tell us things. He always wants to reveal secrets to us. He always wants to tell us who we are. He always wants to tell us about what he calls us to do. God's not sitting around waiting to tell you about all the bad things you did. Oh, Brittany, you messed up today. I can't bless you. Oh, Brittany, you know what I'm saying? You 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 didn't open your Bible today. I'm not going to, you know, bless you today. No, God is a good, good father. He is a good God. He's always looking for ways. He's always looking for opportunities to, to, to come in and just fellowship with us. And, you know, the Holy Spirit is reminding me of this time where um, it was just, and it still happens to this day, but there was just this moment where God was just revealing to me that, Every day, Christ had been coming to me, literally coming to my room and visiting me for a month straight. I thought it was the presence of angels. So I'm, I'm developing in this gift of discernment, discerning in the spirit. So I'm just thinking like, it's the presence of angels. I'm like, oh my gosh, angels are just always here. They're always with me. And so one day I just happened to be talking to the Lord and I just felt the presence of God just swoop in my room and it just overwhelmed me. And I was talking to the Lord and the Lord's like, you know, Brittany, you know, all those times you thought those were angels coming into your room and you were just discerning the presence of angels. You were really discerning me. I have been coming to visit you this whole time. And I was like, what? Like Jesus came to visit me this whole time. And I wasn't even aware that Jesus was coming and visiting me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just crying because I just, we, 
we don't we just are so unaware that Christ comes to visit us all the time like out of all the things that Jesus could be doing he comes to visit us he comes to be with us he wants to be with you and he wants you to know what he died for you to have he wants you to know who you are in Christ and Jesus didn't die for us to live a defeated life for us to just you know, take on whatever the enemy throws our way. No, he died so that we can live a victorious life in him. We can live a righteous life in him. We can live a prosperous life in him. Outside of Christ, you can do nothing. I was just thinking about and reading about that scripture today. This morning, literally at three o'clock in the morning with the Lord, and the Lord just gave me such an awesome revelation of, you know, outside of Christ, we can do nothing. And in John 15, it talks about abiding in Christ. And this this scripture really, you know, you can go there. You can, you know, go to John um, chapter 15. You know, I always say red. I've heard someone say, and I say it now, red words win. So when I see red words, I'm like, this is what Jesus said. <laughs> like Jesus said this. So everybody shut up. It's important. I need to hear what Jesus said. And is this is the New Limit translation. It says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. He prunes the branches that do not bear fruit so that the, that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who doesn't remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. And I don't think, I think a lot of people may have this scripture confusion. They think, well, if I'm not in Christ, you know what I'm saying? If I'm not, you know, perfect, then God's going to throw me away. No, it's not saying that. It's saying that when you remain in the secret place with God, when you remain in this place where you're hidden in God, you remain protected. You remain satisfied. You remain, you know, in peace. You remain in joy. But when you decide to step away from who you are in Christ, you, re- you decide to step away from your true identity. You step outside of the secret place and you now try to step into or do something in your own strength, in your own ability. That's when you're cut off. You When a vine produces branches and it produces fruit and a gardener comes in and it cuts off a piece of a branch that branch does what it dies because it doesn't have the abilities to sustain itself away from its life source anybody who is separated from christ has now they're cut off from their support from their source from their life source your life source is with god with christ in god And so when you make a decision to cut yourself off or, you know, step outside of the vine or disconnect from the vine and you try to do something on your own outside of Christ, literally stuff starts to die around you. 
things are not going to be working like they're supposed to. And you may be in a situation in your life right now where you're trying to do all these things, make the, your business grow, make yourself have all these clients, make yourself, you know, influential and do all these things to try to become known. You try to do it outside of Christ. You are now disconnected from the life source and God doesn't have the ability to flow his power, his goodness, his spirit through you to work that out for your good. Because you've made a decision that I don't need Christ to do this. I don't need Christ to be successful. I don't need Christ to make my business grow. I don't need Christ to be prosperous. I can do these things on my own. You have now disconnected from a life source. You are now disconnected from the vine that was meant to give you nutrients. It was meant to give you life. It was meant to sustain you. We were never designed to be self-made. That's not God. We were meant to be sustained in the presence of God, sustained by the Father. You know, I was listening to a podcast um, by Jeremy and Sarah Pearsons and Jeremy says something that just ministers so much life to me is he talked about his son, you know, justice and how, you know, he's raising his son. And, and right now he's a provider for his son and he's raising his son to go from being dependent on his dad to being dependent on his heavenly father. He's not throwing his son out there to be self dependent, to be self-sufficient, to be to, to try to do things on his own, to try to make a life for his own, to try to make his own, you know, meet his own needs and do his own thing and provide for himself. No, he's weaning him off from him as being a source to him, to him depending on God as a source. And a lot of times we were never taught to depend on God as our source. Our parents taught us, well, when you leave my house, you need to take care of yourself. You need to depend on yourself. You need to make a way for yourself. You need to make your own living. We were never taught to depend on God, to rely on God, to make God our source for everything. And so we try to make a life for ourselves outside of Christ. We try to you know, provide for ourselves outside, disconnected from the vine. We try to you know, make a name for ourselves and try to cause ourselves to be famous, cause ourselves to be influential outside of God, disconnected from the from the vine. And Jesus is like, no, when you abide in me, I will abide in you. When you abide in me, my and my word abides in you, you will have you can ask for whatever you want and it'll be given to you. If you go down to verse seven, it says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. What? Like when you stay connected to the vine, when you stay connected to the source, your life source, when you stay connected to your identity in Christ, you will lack no good thing. Jesus said you can ask, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. It will be given to you. But when you step outside of your identity, you step outside of God, you step away and you disconnect from the vine and you try to make it happen on your own, things around you start to die. That's where frustration comes in. Could you try to do it in your own works? That's where disappointment comes in. That's where you step outside of God's season. You step outside of God's timing for things and things just seem like nothing is working. And then you get frustrated because nothing is working. And then the enemy tells you you should just quit when it really could have been God's thing for you to do. But it, you may have just stepped outside of God's season and outside of God's timing. So I encourage you. Remain in Christ and he will remain in you. Remain in Christ and allow his word to remain in you. Spend time in the word. 
If you don't remember anything else besides you are in Christ, I want you to remember this. In order for you to know who you are in Christ, you have to spend time in the word of God. You have to spend time with God. With You have to spend time in the word of God. You have to spend time with the Father. And the Lord gave me this amazing illustration. He was like, if someone, you know, reads an autobiography about someone, they, they read about them and they find out all these amazing things about that person through their book. They have they may have they may know this information about them, but they cannot say that I know him. You you don't know him. You just know about him. I don't know him. I've never had an experience with him. I've never had a conversation with him. I've never spent time. I've never developed a relationship with that person. So I cannot say that I know him. I only know about him. But when you spend time with that person, you sit down, you have a conversation with that person and you develop a relationship with that person. You guys become friends. Now you have access to all that person knows. You have access to who that person is. You, that person invites you into the secret place in them. You now can say that I know them. I've had an experience with them. Me and that person have a relationship. Right. That's the same thing is true. It's, it's, we can read the word of God. The word of God will tell you about who you are, about who God is. But a relationship with God allows you to have an experience with God. So you need both. You need to know God. You need to know about God. You need to know what God did. You need to know what Christ did for you on the cross. It's in the word that you find out your identity. You get revelation about your identity. But you have to spend time with God. You have to spend time getting to know him. And just think about on a practical level, how do you, you know, get to, how do you develop a relationship with someone that you met? You spend time with them. You talk to them. You hang out with them. You can do the same thing with God. You can spend time with God. You can talk to God. You can go on dates with God. You can go out and you can have fun with God. You can spend time and God will show you things. He will tell you secrets that no one else knows. So don't just think that because God is in heaven that you can't have a relationship with him. No, God is in you. God lives inside of you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they've all made their home in your heart. So they live in you. So they're closer than you think. God's not off in heaven, you know, not thinking about you. you he's so far away that you can't talk to him. No, he is in you. Remember, Christ said, when you abide in me, I will abide in you. Abiding means to live. It means to dwell. It means to rest it means to sit and when christ said if you live in me i'll live in you if you rest in me i'll rest in you that's what it means to abide so when you abide in christ you he abides in you and because we are in christ we now have access to the father our lives are hidden with christ in god so not only are you in christ you're in god that's how you have access to the father through christ and so i really encourage you guys to I ask the Lord to just take you through the scriptures, start just meditating in the word, sitting in the word, sitting with God and meditating on Ephesians chapter one and Colossians chapter three and John chapter 15 and ask the Holy Spirit to give you a revelation of who you are in him. I love Ephesians chapter one because it all it talks about is in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. In Christ, we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. In Christ, we find out who we are and what we're living for. And in Christ, you get identity and you get purpose.
And so I really, I am just so excited about this series. I'm so excited about just the message that God's blessed me with, that he's just downloaded into my spirit about your identity under fire and me and you spending time with God and just getting in his word and allow his word to literally clothe us with who he is, who we are, and that you just take time, set a time in your day, every day to spend time with God, to sit in his word, get a translation that you can understand. The easy read version is amazing. If you're just starting out and you're like, Brittany, I just want to, you know, find a translation that I can understand. The easy read version, the passion translation, um, the new living translation, the message translation, um, the NIV these are all amazing translations that you that speak your language. You can understand these translations. And sit and say, you know what, God? I've never really took time to just sit and read your word. Help me to understand your word. Holy Spirit, give me revelation. Milk this word for me. And the Lord, trust me, he does it with me almost every day. He'll take me on these amazing treasure hunting experiences in the word where you start off reading something that you read before. And then all of the blue something that jumps out at you like, what? What? And you go there and another scripture pops up and you go there and you're like, oh, my gosh, I never saw this before. And you just get so excited and me and God are just having an awesome time. That can be you and God every day. And so make God a priority in your life. Make the word a priority in your life. You want to know how you can become successful in life? Joshua chapter one, verse um, verse eight. Let me go there for a second. Joshua. And people want to know, you know, they always looking to the world. They're always looking to these other resources to... Um, Find out how to become successful. And the word is very clear on how God is designed for us to be successful and for us to be prosperous. Prosperity and success can only be found in the word. And so as a believer, you have the you have to go back to the word to find out what does God say about this? What does God say is the his formula for success? And whatever God says, that's what I'm going to do. So Joshua chapter one, starting at verse, I'm going to start at verse seven. It says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study in the book of instructions continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then would you prosper and succeed in all that you do. So the Bible was very clear. Studying in the word, meditating in the word, doing what the word says to do will cause you to prosper. It will cause, cause you to be successful. Meditation means thinking about the word, you know, speaking that word, allowing that word to get so deep into your heart that when a situation comes up and that word needs to produce fruit, it'll come up immediately. And I can go in because the Holy Spirit is bringing up all of these other scriptures and I'm like, ah, we don't have time, but I'll get into them on another on the next episode of the podcast about just allowing the word to produce a hundredfold return in your life. 
and spending time with the word so that when the evils of the day, because the evils of the day will come to you, the devil will come to challenge your identity. He will come to challenge and put pressure on you. When that pressure comes, instead of putting pressure on people or pressure on yourself, you put pressure on the word of God. And so I just want to pray for you guys, everyone that's listening. Um, those of you who may feel like your identity in Christ is under attack, or you may be listening to this, you don't know your identity. And you've gotten your identity from your past. You have, you've identified with insecurity. You've identified with sickness or disease. You identify with lack. And you're now basing every decision that you make from those places that are not in Christ. I just encourage you, Father, I just ask that you open the eyes of their understanding so that they may know who you are. They may know who they are in you and that their identity in Christ will be revealed to them through the word, through revelation, and through spending time with you. Allow them to see like you see. See them how you see them, God. And I take authority over that spirit of deception that's trying to blind their mind, blind their eyes to seeing who they are in you. And Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for this time that we get to spend in your word and this the secret place that we get to be in. We get to abide in you and you get to abide in us. And Father, I just thank you for giving us access to you through the Holy Spirit, giving us access to you through the Son, Jesus. And I thank you, Lord God, that the message today will be able to just penetrate the hearts of your children, penetrate those hard barriers that are trying to surround their hearts and that their hearts will be softened and that you will reveal to them the hidden things in their heart that you want to take out, that you want to pull up, and you'll start to pour revelation of who they are in you, in their hearts. And I just thank you and I praise you for your people. I praise you for your word and I thank you for allowing us to be hidden with Christ in you, in Jesus' name. So I encourage you guys to really spend time, set time in the morning or set time in the afternoon to seek God, to sit at his feet, to really sit and meditate in the word of God and allow God to clothe you in his word, in his presence. And I encourage you guys to get a, a translation of, of the Bible that you can read um, and that you can understand and just allow the Holy Spirit to teach you, allow the spirit of wisdom to give you wisdom about the word and the spirit of understanding to give you understanding on what the scriptures are saying. And I look forward to you guys just, you know, feeding and meditating in the word and just sharing with me the revelation that you've gotten. Um, hit me up on Instagram at yay is Brit or, you know, email me at hello at brittanyrrobson.com and sharing with me um, what the Lord has been showing you and how the revelation he's giving you about your identity in Christ. And I look forward to seeing you guys on next week's episode. Peace.